Are character traits or values more important? Character is destiny. So character is basically, does somebody keep their word? Are they honest? Are they trustworthy? Are they disciplined? Are they reliable? Your value system is how you, it's similar, how you interact with the world, what your values are, if you're family-oriented, if you're goal-oriented, if you're growth-oriented type of person, you are who you associate with. And if you're a very growth-oriented person, if you're like, imagine you're into working out and healthy eating and you're dating somebody who just absolutely refuses to work out and they eat like shit and they're totally out of shape and the longer you're together, they get more obese, more out of shape, more lethargic, more tired, and yet you're somebody whose value system is... I. I my number one value is I got to take care of my body. My number one goal, most important thing is doing the best, best I can to take care of my body. Mm-hmm. And then you get in a relationship with somebody that has a completely different value system. What's going to happen is you're going to have constant conflict and friction between the two of you and not the good kind of friction. Because what typically happens if you're with somebody that doesn't share the same value system and also could be religious. Maybe you're more spiritually oriented and you're dating somebody that's ultra conservative and religious, whether they're super religious Jew or super religious Christian or super religious Muslim, you know, where they have a very strict, rigid view of the world, but you're more kind of spiritual, open-minded, and your value system, you're going to conflict with that person, especially when it comes to how you raise kids, just because you see things differently. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you're going to be in a relationship, you, you want to be with somebody that shares the same goals and the same values but also somebody that has good character, somebody that you can trust what they say, that you know, when they say they're going to do something, they do it. They're reliable, they're dependable, they're disciplined, they believe in doing the right thing. What if they're impulsive, though? Like, they are just so used to lying or living in a facade. You know people that make up a whole, like, la-la land and they convince themselves it's true, yeah. too? It's like... Yeah, it's called their model of the world or the story that they tell themselves about their lives. Yeah. And it enables them to live in the world and live in society without, like, totally freaking out. Mm -hmm. That's why what's interesting is whenever you challenge somebody's belief or belief system, and especially when you're challenging them with facts and, and data that shows that their belief system is totally invalid, they usually get really upset and really angry. Mm-hmm. And the reason they get angry is because behind anger is always fear. And deep down, they're afraid. Because they're, if you're able to basically take apart their whole worldview and show them how, how nonsensical and what bullshit it is, mm-hmm. then it freaks them out. How can I live in this world if everything I believed about life is completely different? Like, you know, there's, there's a big percentage of the population that thinks the government is the solution to everything. And, the, you know, the government is full of good people because their friends or some of their family work in the government and like, well, my friends and family work in the government and they're good people. So therefore, everybody that works in government is good people. And mm-hmm. then you have other people that want small government. They understand that the, the bigger the bureaucracy, the more you're paying for people to shuffle paper and not really do much or, or add, add much value. And so if you got people that believe the government's the solution to everything and you got other people believe that the, there should be less government, then of course they're they're going to have conflict. They're not going to see eye to eye on things. Yeah, no, because I know some people that they live in such a lie and it's like you want to be open and you want to trust them and you want to believe in them and you want to have hope and faith in them. 
and they just disappoint you over and over and over. And it's like, they even convince themselves, like, oh, no, that was a mistake. You know, oh, oh no, I didn't mean to do this, that. Next time around, this is not going to happen. And then it's just, like, a whole different scenario that happens. And I'm just like, I can only, like, forgive you so many times, you know? Yeah, you got to judge people by what they do, not what they say. Yeah. And, I'm, I, you know, when you're younger, you don't really recognize that because you just haven't lived enough years. But as, you know, especially as you get older and you have enough experience with, this, you know, people that are in your life for multiple years mm-hmm. and you see that kind of ratchet behavior with maybe a, a small number of people that are in your life and then you got other people that are, they treat you great. Yeah. When you're younger and, you know, you care more about other people's approval and especially like high school or college, you you really ca- you want to be accepted. You want to be popular. You want to hang out with the cool kids, so to speak. But as you get into your late 20s or early 30s, you care less and less about that. Yeah. And as you go through life and you get burned by people, you start to recognize that character really is destiny. Mm-hmm. If somebody's doing ratchet shit and you call them out on it and then they keep doing it and then they promise it'll never happen again, but yet it happens again, well, you have to judge them by their actions. Yeah. You know, as the old saying goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Because, in other words, if you screw me over once, then I trust you again a second time, and then you screw me over. It's like, well, after the first time you screwed me over, I should have known not to trust you. Yeah. And so when you love somebody, though, and you care about them, you make excuses for them. Yeah. And so at like, what point do you decide they're just not going to treat me the way I want to be treated? And, and it gets to a point where it's genuinely concerning. Like, I think some people that I know like you need help and I hate throwing therapy on people but I love therapy and I've said it I don't know how many times but I'm like genuinely I feel like some of these people that I know have inner traumas that they have no idea about and that's why they act the way they are and when you try to tell them that it's like no you think I'm crazy you think you know me you don't know me I'm like you wouldn't be acting like this. You wouldn't be so defensive if you didn't believe yourself that there was something in you that is hurting. Yeah, because you're fucking with their identity. You're basically saying your whole model of the world is not valid, and that's why they react angrily. Yeah. You know, people are going to act consistently with how they view themselves to be, and it doesn't matter whether their view is accurate or not. And so if you come with a dose of reality to somebody that's not, in an essence, ready to be woken up or to hear all the icky stuff about themselves that probably deep down they know is true, but they don't want to hear it. They're going to attack you. It's not going to go well. Yeah. And the, at the end of the day, it's not your job to fix them yeah. or to save them when you can love somebody, but if they're just totally screwed up and they don't want to listen to you, it's like, well, that's not your fault. That's mm-hmm. their family's fault. The parents are the ones that screwed them up. And it's, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Somebody mm-hmm. that you could work with would take the constructive criticism and go well maybe there is some truth in what she's saying maybe i need to kind of reflect upon that and think about that and maybe take it in right but when they're just like screw you and they just keep doing it over and over it's like hey you attempted to resolve things yeah and they're unwilling to resolve or even admit their behavior you can't solve problems unless you can talk openly and honestly about it Mm -hmm. and in those cases they're not willing to talk openly and honestly about it. they are committed to deceiving themselves just like I see that a lot in the guys that write the emails in is 
oftentimes, and I'll kind of roast them in the, the videos about this in the beginning, is they try to present in the beginning of the email, like, oh, they did everything right. They followed what I taught, what's in the book. Mm-hmm. And then as I get further in the email, and they tell me things they're doing and saying, and it's like, and I just point out, this is literally exactly the opposite of what the book says to do. Right. And yet in the first paragraph, you're trying to convince me that you did everything right, and you don't know why things went sideways. And I just go boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Go through each point and point out what they did right, what they did wrong, what they need to do differently mm-hmm. and you know if they're open open-minded in other words if they really sincerely want to fix things yeah then they'll take it in and if not they'll they'll just dismiss it i mean i see lots of guys in the comments over the years like hey when i start first far, start following you i just thought you were totally full of shit i thought you were the biggest bullshit artist in the world but the more i listen the more i read the book and especially when i started applying what was in the book i started seeing that Everything you say and everything you laid out, I'm actually seeing in the real world in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that is what typically convinces people. But you can't even get there if, unless they're open to it. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine, uh, I don't know where he got it from, but he said there was a, an acronym uh, you know, called FAT. It doesn't have to do with weight. It's F-A-T. It stands for Faithful, Available, and Teachable. In other words, you can only help people if they're ready, willing, able, and open to being helped and if you got somebody that's closed-minded and everybody can see that knows them that the way they're going about their life is fucked up and they need to do something differently but they won't listen to anybody then you know it's like the drug addict you know it's like a lot of the homeless people that are on the streets are people that the family's kicked out because they've lied so many times they've stolen they promised to get better they promised to go to rehab they promised to hold down a stable job or whatever and they they just don't. They would rather live in the streets and do drugs. And because they weren't willing to behave in a way that their families were willing to tolerate, they're, they're not connected to them anymore. And those people would rather have the drugs. It's, you, right. can want, you can love them and you can want to help them, but until they're open to it, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. And what if it's only targeted, or at least it feels like it's only targeted towards me? Because I try to, like, analyze and see. I'm like, do they treat their other friends like this? Do they treat their family like this? I just feel like it's always, it's only me. Like, they feel so comfortable with me that they can treat me some kind of way. Well, no one will ever do or say anything to you that you don't invite them to do. Whatever you tolerate, you invite more of. Right. And so if you allow the behavior, if you allow the abuse, you're basically communicating, hey, can I have some more of that? Just keep doing it. Yeah. Because you're giving them permission. It's okay. And typically, that's that's why you got to set and enforce healthy boundaries in your relationships. If somebody's going to continually violate it, you either put up with it and you put up with the abuse or you, you dip out and yeah. let somebody else deal with it. Because it's not your job to fix or save somebody. You want somebody that's happy, whole, and complete. Yeah. And treat you the same way you want to be treated. And if they're not willing to do that, well, it's, again, that's not your fault. It's not your problem. It's theirs. Yeah. It's not your job to fix them. And if they're not willing to admit their flaws or treat you differently, well, some people you have to give the gift of missing you permanently. So much easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. I got somebody that reached out to me recently. And when I was younger, the, this dude dicked me over so many times. I was just like, you know... I didn't want to hang out with him anymore. He was excommunicated from my life for a lot of years. And then I, I bumped into him probably, I don't know, 12 years ago. And I hadn't seen or spoken to the dude in like 10 or 11 years at that point. 
and we talked for a bit, and it's like he did. He didn't really seem like he had changed from before. And then I remember a couple of years ago, he was actually down in South Florida. And he's like, hey, let's get together, have a drink, and you know, meet up with a, another mutual friend of ours. I was like, all right, I'll, maybe I'll give him a chance. Mm-hmm. And you know, he texted me later than I was expecting, and I had already eaten. I was like, well, hey, when you guys get done, just come by. I'm like right down the street. And I didn't hear anything from him. Yeah. And they, they never came by. He just blew me off. And what I later found out from somebody else is he was pissed that I didn't go to meet up with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I already, I already ate. He's like, you said you wanted to get together, and I haven't seen the dude in 10 years, along with one of our other friends. And he got so mad, he just com- completely ghosted me that night. Wow. And then yet, even since then, every six months or so, once a year, the dude reaches out and acts like nothing ever happened. Like, we, we're just old friends, and we should get together and hang out and... Like, it's no big deal. And I heard from him again recently. It was like... Well, even if you already ate, couldn't you just meet him out to, like, see him or have a drink real fast or something like that? Even if you already oh, ate. I was busy know? doing something. Oh. I was like, hey, come... Because I wasn't ready. Oh, I had already okay. eaten. I was like, I wasn't hungry. Yeah. Like, just come by. Come by when you guys get done. Because they were already there. They were already in the middle of eating. Oh, okay. So, you know. So he could have said, oh, you know, hey, you know, we don't want to come by or, hey, why don't you just come here or whatever. It's just... They didn't even, he didn't respond. He didn't say anything. Okay. He didn't say anything. And then I was like, you got in touch with me. And, you, you know, you go, oh, we got to get together. It'd be great to hang out. And then, you you know, you call me in the middle of dinner or text me in the middle of dinner, ask me to come down. I'm not ready. I've already eaten. Right. I just say, come by, come by here. We'll have a drink here. Or you could have planned something else for yeah, a later time. Exactly. Or, hey, we'll meet somewhere else after you get done with dinner. And we'll have a drink there or something. But yeah. He just completely stopped responding. And then I hear through one of our, you know, mutual friends, it's like he was all butthurt that, I, you know, he took it as a rejection. Hmm. And then yet he continues to reach out. Like I said, once or twice a year I hear from him. I just heard from him recently. Because he wanted like, you to do it right when he said to yeah, do exactly. it. Cause yeah, exactly. Because he's just a fucking dick. My, you know, when I was younger, my parents didn't like him at all. Um. And I was like, he's a great guy. And we were friends for a lot of years. And then as I got older and shit happened, I was just... You know, you get burned enough times. You know, he, he hit on girlfriends of mine, and it's like... Oh, no. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Definitely not. Fuck you. I have a friend that does that. Like, if I don't want to do something, if I don't want to get out, he gets so mad, and, like, <laughs> it's just like, whatever. It just, like, storms off. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, so time goes by, and, you, you know, you think this is somebody that goes back many decades that I knew when yeah. I was a kid, right? And so we had a lot of good memories when we were younger together, and so much time has passed, and when you haven't heard from a while, you're like, oh, maybe the dude's changed. Maybe I'll give the guy a chance. And then, you know, shit like that happens where he just doesn't even respond. And then I hear through the grapevine that he's butthurt about that. I was like, That's silly. It's like he hadn't grown up at all. Nothing's changed with the dude. He's still the same, same as he was back then. You know, people don't change. They may become a better version of who they are, but they typically don't change. I wonder how his relationship with his wife is. He's not married. Oh, he's not? No. Oh, okay then. And that explains it, I guess. No. Now, he was married for, he was a guy that was very good looking and always got hot girls. And then as we got older, he got fat and lazy. And he married some really ugly girl. I was shocked. And he was with her for, I don't know, 10 years. Then they have splitting up. Mm. Has he probably treated her the same way? And now he's a single dad. And as the woman he had a kid with is like a nut. <laughs> 